Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection. It's Catholic. From the nation's capital to the sunshine state. It's compelling. The high plains of Kansas and the northeast corner of the land of enchantment. It's Monday. The land of EWTN all across the Lone Star State. It's GRN Alive. Bringing you faith, fun, and facts. Live from the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us on the show. Call 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to GRN Alive. I'm your host on Mondays, Joe McLean. It is great to be with you. Praise be to Jesus. What a day and what a show we have lined up for you today. How was your weekend? Was it good? Did you have great weather? Was it rainy like it was in my house? Either way, God is very good, in spite of the crazy that it has become 2020. But in my defense, I did warn you, the last show of the year of 2019, I warned you that 2020 was going to be no bueno. It was going to be bad. You should, hopefully you listened to me. But uh, here we are, riots, fires, destruction, plague, wars, rumors of wars, crazy. That's what we call an election year. And um, we need prayer more now than ever before. And today's guest, I think, will uh, personify that in many, many ways. Father Richard Heilman will be our guest today. He is the pastor up at St. Mary's in Pine Bluff, Wisconsin. He's also uh, affectionately known as the protest priest because uh, he has been protesting what has become religious persecution under the banner of a pandemic. And we're going to be talking about not just what's happening in Wisconsin with the governor there, you know, sort of outlawing church, but giving a pass to protesters and people who burned buildings down. Really? Does, is that justice? It certainly isn't uh, justice for Mr. Floyd, who uh, needlessly lost his life. Uh, we're going to be talking about that. Uh, Maryland backed off a few days ago, praise be to Jesus, from their ban on Holy Communion. And we're seeing that in parts all around the country. And so Father Richard Heilman will be our guest later in the hour to discuss that. But uh, Teresa uh, Kamar here from HoustonCoalition.com is on with us. Tim Mott will be reading the news. Uh, David Magianis is running the board. Adrian Fonseca is off. He graduated college and still the, the, the guy. I, don't, I still like on a college schedule, so I don't think he slept much last night. Uh, so he will not be in today. So we're praying for him, and hopefully we'll see him again next week. Praying for all first responders today, too especially all of those that I know personally who had to stand the line in hopes of uh, managing these protests so that they would remain peaceful. Um, and uh, we'll be talking about some of that in the show as well. Let's begin with prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Tim Mott. These are your headlines for Monday, June 1st, the Feast of St. Justin Martyr. The total COVID-19 cases worldwide stand at 6.19 million, with uh, worldwide deaths being at 371,000, but the total recoveries worldwide at 2.53 million. 
Peaceful protests in cities across America turned violent following the death of George Floyd in police custody on May 25th. Fires burned near the White House, stores were looted in New York City and Southern California, and a tanker truck drove into marchers in Minneapolis as the United States struggled to contain chaotic protests over race and policing. National Guard troops were deployed in 15 states and Washington, D.C. in an attempt to quell a sixth night of violence on Sunday. On May 29th, seven U.S. US bishop chairmen of committees within the USCCB issued a statement in the wake of the death of Mr. George Floyd and the protests which have broken out in Minneapolis and other cities. Quote, this is the latest wake-up call that needs to be answered by each of us in a spirit of determined conversion. Racism is not a thing of the past or is simply a throwaway political issue to be bandied about when convenient. It is a real and present danger that must be met head-on. End quote. Two days later, on May 31st, USCCB President Archbishop Jose Gomez issued another statement saying, quote, The killing of George Floyd was senseless and brutal, a sin that cries out to heaven for justice. Gomez's statement continues, The violence of recent nights is self-destructive and self-defeating. Nothing is gained by violence and so much is lost. Let us keep our eyes on the prize of true and lasting change. Both of these full statements are posted at usccb.org. The nation's first basilica sustained fire damage amid the Minneapolis riots. A spokesperson for the basilica said in a statement issued May 30th, the Basilica of St. Mary did withstand minor damage yesterday. No one was injured in the incident. The Basilica Church was dedicated in 1914 as a pro-cathedral for the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis. It was designated a minor basilica by Pope Pius XI in 1926, the first church in the country to be so designated. And finally, Pope Francis on Monday promulgated a new law intended to prevent corruption and control spending in Vatican City, State, and Holy See financial transactions. The law, Norms on the Transparency, Control, and Competition of Public Contracts of the Holy See and of the Vatican City State, gives new procedures for awarding public contracts which aim to increase oversight and accountability and ensure the Vatican and Holy See work only with vetted financial partners. The new regulations also bring the Vatican into line with international anti-corruption laws. And those are your headlines for Monday, June 1st. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. What an incredible feast day today. Uh, Mary, the Mother of the Church. Go and read Revelation chapter 12, and you will see very clearly there how Our Lady becomes our Mother, not just from the, the cross itself, the foot of which she stood quietly, silently, uh, assenting, uniting her sufferings, watching her son basically drowned to death as his lungs filled with fluid as he as he died, as he was passing away, and he gasped for breath, only to give only to give his own mother to his beloved disciple, and to you and to me and to the whole church. And in Revelation chapter twelve we see that very explicitly stated that she becomes the mother of all those who follow her son. And today is her feast day. So take a moment today and thank your mother, our lady, and thank her for her intercession for you, her love for you. Now, I saw uh, Chosen Episode 5 over the weekend. I got to say, uh, I gave it a B-. A B-. I'll give it a B-. minus. I was not at very pleased with the depiction of our lady in the in that uh, episode, oh, man. I'm kind of liking Jesus' character in the film, in the series. I, I'll have to give them a hats off. I kind of like him a little bit. There's a lot to like there, I think, in the character of Jesus in the Chosen series. But when it comes to Our Lady, uh, I don't give you an inch, not even an inch. You, you can't expect Protestants who do not understand Our Lady and her role and the power of her intercession 
to depict her properly on film. You just can't. You can't expect it. So, unfortunately, well, I, I was upset an, by that. I know um, they did an extra, they went the extra mile to try to, you know, they got a priest involved and they, they were trying they the to appease the, they were trying to appease the Catholics. <laughs> they the, they should have called same, me. I would have helped this them. This producer had had done an interview where he um, commented after doing, I think it was The Shepherd. Yeah. I haven't seen that one either. But I, I have finally seen the beginning of The Chosen. Yeah. But uh, he, he talked about how... Um, he must have gotten Mary very wrong, according to Catholics. And so he was like, I really wanted to make sure that I got Mary right this time because she's so important. So he actually did yeah. try. So you have to give him credit for that. He did I try. gave him a B minus because B- B- minus. Uh, their okay. intent was in the right place. Yes. Their hearts. I mean, they weren't trying to be. He wasn't downplaying. Her. Yeah. I, they, that was not his objective. I gave him a strong B minus. So and that's very sad. So when you look at it in perspective, yeah. your B minus is, you know, Miles, it's a great increase. That it's is a, a great huge improvement increase. over the D's that you give everybody else. Yeah, right. uh, <laughs> even Passion of the Christ. I, see, Our Lady. Actually, I really love Passion of the Christ. You didn't like Mary in Passion of the she Christ? She was okay. But as I said on this show before, the the greatest depiction of Our Lady on film to date was in that Full of Grace movie that we interviewed the oh, director of. Oh, I definitely of. like Mary and Passion. And that actress, by the way, that actress is a Muslim. She's not even a Christian. And in my opinion, she did the greatest service to Our Lady in her actual uh, persona on film than any other film so far to date, in my opinion. Well, that's probably because she played the mother. Like, she was very, like... Very motherly. What what upset me about the chosen episode five, and again, B minus. I'm not just. I'm not burning it down. I'm not. I'm not Antifa people. I'm not losing it. Considered good. You know, that's above C. But (laughs) average. uh, Jesus never calls her woman. There's a reason why he called her woman, and it wasn't. But it's tied back to Eve, and I don't know that. I don't know that um, non-Catholics would get that. That's my point. They can't possibly do justice if they don't understand the deep theological filter that John used of Genesis. Well, I think okay, he would have had to tie back to Eve in order to get that connection. The his point audience to the wedding feast at Cana is to bring about the new creation, the new Adam, the new Eve, the new bridegroom. This is the point. The, Mary knew exactly. If you want to know what Mary knew, Mary knew. Let me answer this for you. Mary knew that she that her son would have to go about the way of Isaiah 53 of Psalm 22. She knew the what the the Torah, what the prophets taught about the coming Messiah. She knew Daniel's prophecies. She knew these things. She was not some ignoramus from Nazareth who did not know. She knew. Did she know that he would die on a cross, basically drowning to death? Maybe not. But she knew that he must suffer. And when she asks him for this miracle, it was to go to the cross. And he says to her, woman, and in chosen, mother, mother, mother. Notice in John's gospel, Jesus never calls his mother, mother. Yeah, I did notice that. But in the chosen, he does. Yeah. You know, so again, I'm a snob. And I... I, I'm not burning it down, but at the same time, B minus. If we if we get a rabbit hole there, maybe we'll talk about that in the after show. <laughs> That's I want to mention to you that it's also the feast day of Saint Justin the Martyr. Mm-hmm. Now, this is somebody who helped to bring me into the church and uh, one of the incredible early church uh, fathers. Essentially, he is not a priest, but he was a convert to uh, Christianity from paganism. Really, he was born in about 115 A.D. in what is now called the West Bank in Palestine. And uh, he he studied many philosophies, mostly Greek philosophies, but he, he found himself a philosopher and he was interested in all things learning. And then he discovered through a, a conversation he had on a remote beach in Italy uh, about Christianity. 
And that was the truth that his heart was seeking for most. And so he gave himself completely over to that. But in the second century, the uh, Roman Empire was persecuting Christians everywhere. And that was because Christians did things in secret that they didn't fully understand. Uh, they, they held uh, their private ceremonies behind closed doors, and not everyone was allowed to be admitted to them. And so uh, there was a lot of speculation. They would say they're cannibals, and they eat babies. They eat the flesh of babies. This is one of the rumors. And so uh, St. Justin basically took it upon himself to try to convince the emperor, his son, and the uh, the curia to stop persecuting Christians, and he wanted to say, listen, this is why we do what we do, this is what we believe, and this is how we do it. And he, in his first apology, written in about 165 A.D., describes the Holy Mass. Basically, he's pulling back the veil. He's like, we don't let just anybody go to Mass. Oh, no, you have to be baptized, and you have to be taught, catechized. You have to give your assent to what the church teaches, because if you don't believe 100% what the church teaches, you cannot be admitted to Holy Mass, 165 A.D. He goes on to talk about the Eucharist and what they believe about the Holy Eucharist, 165 A.D. He says this, and this food is called Eucharisteia, the Greek word for Eucharist, of which no one is allowed to partake but the man who believes that the things which we teach are true and who has been washed with the washing that is for the remission of sins unto regeneration, otherwise known as baptism, and who is so living as Christ has enjoined. For not as common bread and common drink do we receive these, but in like manner as Jesus Christ our Savior, having been made flesh by the word of God, had both flesh and blood for our salvation. So likewise, we have been taught that the food which is blessed by the prayer of his word and from which our blood and flesh, our transmutation, are nourished is the, is the flesh and blood of that Jesus who was made flesh. Go, you should read this. Go Google. Uh, my favorite is uh, newadvent.org, but there are plenty of other places you can get this same letter. First Apology, St. Justin the Martyr, 165 A.D. Read uh, specifically chapters 65, 66, and 67. The Mass is described to a T in chapter 67. On meeting on Sunday, the whole process of Holy Mass is laid out there in 165 A.D. as already being practiced, already the you know the way the Christians meet, the way the Christians worship, what Christians believe, especially about the Holy Eucharist. 165 A.D. Not some new invention, but that which is, as Justin says, handed on by the apostles themselves there in chapter 66. Go read it for yourself, and I think it's important to reflect upon in our day and age where we think we have to be just like the world. Let everybody just do whatever they're going to do, and it's all okay. Well, it's not. And I think St. Justin the Martyr is a great witness to us in that. He and five companions were arrested for being Christians, brought in front of Rusticus, who was a philosopher and the chief judge there in the Roman Empire, and they were asked to recant their faith, to which Justin replied, no, it's the truth. Then they martyred them by, uh, by beating them, and then they chopped off all their heads. St. Justin the martyr, pray for us.
Rough time, huh? Yeah. (laughs) But what's beautiful about his witness is the fact that, I mean, so many Protestants have looked back and said, well, what does the early church do? Like, we want to be like the church that Christ founded. And then they come across the works of St. Polycarp and St. Justin. And and then they go into a Catholic church and they're like, wait a minute. And so especially those that are trying to fight the church, this is one of the saints that his writings bring about their conversion. So. Well, there was an article that came out over the weekend about how many uh, people were actually leaving the Catholic faith in Germany. Mm. Uh, and you're talking about current events. Cur- like this, yeah. was just, this just came out. It was mm-hmm. like, wow, they're leaving in droves. Thousands and thousands are abandoning the Catholic faith. Now, in Germany, the way it works is you have to go to your city government and officially renounce it. Because the way the whole system works, you don't put a tithe in a basket in a church in Germany. It's taxed. They take it out of your paycheck like taxes, and then they pay the tithe to the church. Mm-hmm. So if you're officially Catholic, that's how that, you know, versus Lutheran you're or whatever. you're registered as a Catholic. So you have to officially renounce the faith. It's not like you can just stop going, but, you know, you're kind of a fallen away Catholic. Uh-uh. You officially renounce the truth. What's sad also about Germany is the fact that there there's a potential, and now this is my theory, um, the fact that there is there's been so many so much questioning of the tradition of the church in Germany, and this in- experimentation and a sense of like exploring this concept of women priests or this concept right. of um, female diaconate, and the, and that's that is one of the things that drives people away from the church is the false teaching. So if they don't believe their bishops anymore, if they're seeing these councils and they're saying, you know, this is not this is not right, you know, this isn't staying true, then who are they going to trust if they don't trust right. their shepherds? And that's one of the reasons I'm super excited that we have Father Heilman coming on because he has truly been a a, a great leader in looking at the spiritual battle for what it is and staying true to the Catholic faith. And yeah. so I'm really excited to hear his his insights this, this today. So I mean, and by the way, how's that McCarrick report coming? Uh, remember that? Crickets. Yeah, I remember we were promised <laughs> the McCarrick report, the full dossier of how is it this possible that this, this man could elevate all the way to cardinal knowing that he's been molesting so many people and, and damaging the church in so many lives. Well, and, and the fact that he wasn't being punished as he was going around and continuing to teach after being told, do not teach. So that whenever they did put their foot down, he still wasn't listening. And I guess the question then becomes, what would they do? I mean, even if they were, let's say that they did, they, they have not done this, but let's say that they did actually like officially excommunicate him or something like that, where they give him no authority. They laicized him. They, well, the thing is, if they... What are they going to do? He's still going to go around and was he going to do write a book? I don't know. Well, I think that so, may be what some uh, people are worried about so, is that he may write a book and may tell tell all. And I think some folks are not wanting that. And that is the speculation. And I think the best way to overcome such rumors or speculation is to just have transparency and truth and just give us the report. This is how this man was able to rise to power and use his power to abuse people, which we should never tolerate. St. Justin the Martyr would not tolerate that. Well, and, and the reality is people need to be brought to justice that are that have harmed these people. That ha- and yes. we, need to, we need to continue to work, too, um, with those priests that are very strong in building a good understanding of the faith and of catechesis so that way we have that protection in place. Because if you're teaching the actual faith, 
then you will have that strength of moral character, hopefully, through yeah. receiving the sacraments, to not be able to even look look past it. You, like right. it wouldn't even be a question. It would, you know, you'd put your foot down immediately. And I've seen that in a variety of groups that I have known through various parishes, and not just in in this area, um, where people say, no, like it, your tendency with these small acts of faith, mm-hmm. with these sacrifices on, on a daily basis, and going to the sacraments gives you that virtue and that strength to put your foot down as soon as and not just say, well, maybe it's something that I misunderstood or or I'm going to give this person a million excuses or we're all human or whatever. You know, there there is a line at which this has to be stopped. And that's also one of the things I think we've seen with with um, this concern about Floyd. He was a he was a witness in the Houston area and in Minneapolis to an understanding of peace and of trying to draw people together. Well, I was and reminded, I posted that article. Yeah, uh, from Ave Maria Ave Radio Maria. put it out. I, I shared it. And a friend of mine, someone I, I personally have known for many years and really like, you know, I was like, well, you're, you, you, the article makes him look like a saint when he wasn't. And I'm like, you know what? He wasn't a he saint. He wasn't a saint. But he died needlessly. Mm-hmm. He died needlessly. And the thing is, he was working to build the community. And here's the question on our minds. Was he given the chance to repent of his sins prior to death? Not likely. He was too busy begging for breath, begging for air. Well, I mean, God God does give us that grace at, you know. We hope. Throughout life. But the thing is, like, we, yeah, we need to. It's part we of the tragedy in this circumstance, in my opinion. Yeah. It's part of the tragedy that, you know, even if he wasn't a, a saint, even if he was a great sinner like myself, you know what? He didn't need to die that way. He didn't. We have lockdowns and unemployment record, and then we have unrest and crazy. And you know what? Some uh, prudential judgment on behalf of uh, these officers was the order of the day. And unfortunately, this man died needlessly, irregardless of whatever he's guilty of. Right. I don't, you know, I well, leave that to the courts. One of the, one of the pastors that worked with him here in the Houston area said, <laughs> I think his quote on Twitter was, I'm tired of coddling Christians who only want to help those who are good people. Like, even if right. he was a terrible person. Yes, exactly. Like, this is my this point. This is a, you know, this person is a human being now, and as has... Th- as far as the officers go, I'm not going to judge them either. I leave that to the courts. To but the judge thing is, them. they were trained not to kneel on their neck. So this, and if if you have not heard, which I'm sure you have, but if you have not heard and you don't know what we're talking about, um, Floyd uh, was uh, died after being arrested forcefully um, in Minneapolis. Uh, an officer knelt on his neck for almost nine minutes. More than one, minutes, by the way. There was three. Nine minutes. Oh, I didn't know three of them knelt there's on him, an, though. So there's there's three a camera involved. footage there were three of, them inv- of another angle involved. showing three of them kneeling on him, but just one with the, with the knee on the neck. On the neck. So that's the, yeah. uh, that one is the particularly lethal um, position to be in there. And so they've been taught not to kneel on their neck. So that, and he said he couldn't breathe, and, and they still can They were like, well, you're still talking. So, yeah. um, and, now, and he did end up dying. So With only a few minutes before we go to break and bring on Father Heilman, I just mm-hmm. want to make sure that we have this conversation. Conversation. Uh, here's the thing. Irregardless, there's no excuse no, there's for no burning excuse. cities down. There is no excuse right. for for beating people mercilessly in the streets. There is no excuse for the graffiti that has been strewn on basilicas and St. Patrick's in New York and burning places down. It's unacceptable to think that you can have justice through riotous, mobbish, crazy. That is not giving honor to Floyd or uh, Mr. Floyd or his family. 
And I think his family has come out and asked everybody to stop. Yes, his girlfriend said he would be absolutely horrified to see what was happening. And actually, his attorney, Ben Crump, posted this. He said, we cannot sink to the level of our oppressors and endanger each other as we respond to the necessary urge to raise our voices in unison and in outrage. Looting and violence distract from the strength of our collective voice. So it's, it's destroying his history. It's destroying his memory. And it's also harming people who... We're not involved. And also, there's there's a situation here where they're actually, there are paid rioters. Yes. Um, and so Trump has come out, President Trump has come out and said that Antifa is officially now a terrorist group because they were seen paying people to loot and to riot. And so um, what's beautiful. I saw some video of that myself yeah. over the weekend, a, a person paying another guy and, and saying, go and get your friends and throw those tables through through these windows. And, and what's, what's beautiful, though, is we're seeing people that are coming up and saying, no, this is we do not want this in our community. And um, I know um, there was a Mr. Brian Irving, who is here locally in the Houston area, who said um, who went and was cleaning up graffiti that night um, not paid, just doing it. You know, late in the night, early morning hours, and like he was going to clean up his city, and th- and that he's not the only one. There were uh, there were shots of different groups that were doing that, and so um, thank you for those of you who continue to to protect those families that are that are vulnerable even more so right now. Whether it's business owners or whether it's families that are being targeted by this these crazy rioting paid individuals. So. Um, so thank you for your Not involvement good. in healing the, the cities. Not good. Okay, so we have about uh, five minutes before we go to break, and we're going to be on with Father Richard Heilman. He is the pastor of St. Mary's in Pine Bluff, Wisconsin. Now, uh, just yesterday, uh, I saw a tweet, and uh, and I was just shocked by this. In, in addition to what I saw that uh, Father Heilman was discussing on social media, this particular tweet, which is from a conservative talking pundit, uh, said that in Wisconsin, they are giving a pass. The governor had announced they were giving a pass to rioters. They will not arrest rioters that would burn places down, but they will enforce the ban on going to mass mm. on church. Tell me how that's justified. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And so Father uh, Heilman, over the weekend, uh, he organized a, a rosary prayer mm-hmm. rally around the Capitol where they walked around, carried a statue of Our Lady, which was amazing and beautiful, praying. And that's the secret. And all of this chaos and all of the of the wars, rumors of wars, plagues, pestilences, and all the stuff that has become 2020, prayer and the Holy Sacraments is the secret that we must now tap into. We saw in Minnesota the bishops finally standing up Mm -hmm. to the governor there, and the governor backed down. Now, the mayor in Minneapolis also gives a pass to the rioters while threatening people that they would uh, be arrested if they were to go to church. Well, fortunately, we also have a legal system where we can call in, we can complain, we can vote, um, and um, also as we're as we're looking at these various things to to focus in on and and talk about, there there is this issue now where people are trying to be protected during COVID nineteen, and so they have this paycheck protection program loan that um, is for uh, business owners with only 500 employees or less and Planned Parenthood tapped into that for $80 million for 35 of their uh, affiliates and the reality is they do not qualify and so hopefully that money will be returned um, just as it was for Shake Shack and others that um, other businesses that had over 500 employees. Also um, fortunately Trump has cut ties with WHO? With the World Health Organization which 
has been sister. promoting abortion around the world, um, but it also was covering for the Chinese government during this whole situation with COVID-19 and causing a lot of complications worldwide. So um, we are no longer going to be spending the $450 million annually with them. Hopefully that can go to this whole COVID relief and actually go to people who need Praise it, God. whether it's the healing of these cities um, right now and reconstruction or um, cleaning up. And then there's also, um, I'd like to point out, Joe, before we, we go to break, um, David Delighton has come out with another video, another one, using the court records to show Planned Parenthood employees and um, how they were making money. Yes. On trafficking baby body parts for research. Isn't that and crazy? so here they have a minute under oath. So hopefully that will um, be a good part for David for his case against Kamala Harris yeah. as he sues her and hopefully will get him free I from mean, his criminal telling charges. The, truth the whole time and he's fighting for his existence. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? It's upside well, and down. He's world. defending he's defending women, he's defending children, he's protecting he's letting voters know he's letting the legal authorities know mm. and it, now the question is will they step up to in their role and we need to pray for that but it's not just while there is prayer and prayer is the most important thing Amen. um but we also can make those phone calls write those letters um and sign those petitions and vote please vote in november <laughs> don't yeah. ignore it don't the the day, don't throw your hands up in the a air. lot of what we're seeing here is as a result of the vote that still needs to happen later this that year. is exactly what a crazy lot of this times. is crazy times all right uh we're going to go to a break and we're going to come back with father richard howman on to talk about religious persecution in the time of pandemic and what to do about that. I want to remind you, dear listeners, that coming up next week, we are launching our Summer share We are brought to you by you and the grace of God, and uh, without you, it becomes difficult, because 100% listener-funded means you get to be the wind and the sails of the Guadalupe Radio Network to share the good, the true, and the beautiful, to talk about difficult subjects, to give a Catholic filter to the crazy that is in our world. Do you want to share that with others? We're asking you and inviting you to that next week during a share so stay tuned for that. Plus, there's still some great events coming up across the Guadalupe Radio Network. Go to grnonline.com, brand new website, by the way, and check it out, grnonline.com. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be back in about two minutes with Father Howman. You're listening to GRN Alive. Now is a great time to call 877-757-9424. Why is Catholic Radio important to you? I have learned so much. My knowledge of my faith has increased so much. I thought I knew my faith, but I've come to realize that I'm growing every day because of what I've learned and what I continue to learn. My only concern is that there are so many out there who are listening, but they are not calling in to make a pledge, and every one of them counts. It's just vital that we that we. Put our money where our ears are. You can't go wrong by listening to Catholic Radio because every day there's something else that you can find out, uh, a little bit more that you can add to your to your knowledge about uh, things you really thought you understood if you'll just listen. It's so very important for Catholic Radio to continue and grow. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we'll have you at the gate and plenty of time for you to get to confession before Mass this evening. 
Wouldn't it be great if everyone regularly went to confession? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. If you have an old gas guzzler you want to get rid of, the Guadalupe Radio Network would love to have it. To donate it to us, you can either call 888-784-3476 or come by grnonline.com and click on Donate. Again, that's 888-784-3476 or come by grnonline.com and click on Donate. Even better, we'll come pick it up for you and give you a tax receipt so you can write it off. What a great way to help others and support the Guadalupe Radio Network. May God abundantly bless you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to GRN Alive Monday. I'm Joe McLean. It's great to be on with you. Uh, God is so very good. Even in the midst of crazy, God is very good. And there's still something that we can all do. And I think that's been one of the questions many of us have been asking. What can we do? We watch the news and we see the world burning around us. Hong Kong. While we're over here worrying about our cities burning down, the people in Hong Kong are, are being taken over by the Chinese government, essentially. It's just, there's so much on so many levels. It can feel overwhelming, but there is still something we can do. And today's guest, Father Richard Heilman from Wisconsin, Madison, Wisconsin, uh, he's going to help us understand not just what's going on on the ground in religious persecution, but also what we can do about it. And for to that, I'm very excited. He's the pastor of St. Mary's Aaron Pine Bluff. He has a great blog called uh, The Roman Catholic Man, and he is uh, a contributor and a co-host to uh, Grace Force Podcast with Doug Berry, and he is our guest right now, Father Richard Hellman. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Joe. How are you? Praise Jesus, I am alive. <laughs> that counts. That counts. <laughs> that counts. It's good to have you on. It's uh, You've been a busy guy, over this, uh, especially over this coming, uh, this last week, it seems. Uh, things have been taking an interesting turn there. Let's start with that. Can you give us a description? Uh, I saw a, a tweet this morning from a conservative talk show host uh, about what's going on in Wisconsin. He said that the, the, the government in Wisconsin announced that they would give a pass to rioters who are burning buildings down, or attempting to anyway, while at the same time in Forcing the restrictions on going to say Holy Mass, is that the case? What is going on in Wisconsin? Joe, I haven't heard of anybody actually getting a fine yet. Praise but, God. Uh, there's no, there's no question that on Thursday the diocese, I believe, directly to our bishop, uh, gave a phone call. They, uh, I don't know what it is, the uh, Dane County Health Organization or whatever it was, uh, gave a call and and threatened. Uh, that if they, if we don't stand down and move, uh, from the category we were in as an essential, essential business, uh, to, uh, 50 maximum, that they would have, uh, government watchers at our masses and they would be handing out citations of a thousand dollars for each service wow. that exceeds 50 people. This was Thursday, you know, and masses start obviously Saturday night. I mean, you're talking two days. Uh, and so we were like a deer in headlights, and I know our bishop was too, and we got on a uh, Zoom call with all the priests of Dane County and our bishop, and uh, and he just asked us to give uh, him and the diocese some time, and let's comply this weekend to the best of our ability, and uh, and then we'll see where we're going to go from there. It's it's. It's upside down world. It's, I, you know, yeah. I remember it's been at least a month now when we were, um, Holy Week was a difficult week for me personally, for my family emotionally. It just was so tragic 
to not be able to celebrate the highest feast day in our calendar, the, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ at the foot of the cross, at Mass itself. And uh, it just was so disgruntled by the whole thing. And I remember being on the phone with a friend, and I remember, and I've shared this now a few times on the radio, uh, but I remember listening, talking to him and hearing all this noise in the background. And he, and I'm like, where are you? And he's like, well, I'm at Home Depot getting parts for my toilet. Yeah. And I was like, you can get parts for your toilet, but I can't go to Holy Mass? I think I, I hung up on him. I was like mad. You know, yeah. it's like upside down world. And to see anybody suggest that, oh, we're going to, you know, we're going to go light on people destroying property, but we're going to go hard on going to Holy Mass. Uh, I was I was encouraged to see the, the bishops in Minnesota stand up to the governor there, uh, weren't you? Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, that gave a lot of um, uh, inspiration, I think, to other bishops to do the same. And again, our our bishops are going to be doing something, but uh, you know every state is a little different in the way they're attacking. Uh, but you know, like I say, this just happened Thursday. Can I give my um, uh, my view of what's, what what went on? You mentioned Holy Week. Please you know, listen. If you recall, and I actually double checked this, you know, checking the dates, but it was the week before Holy Week. That uh, that uh, that task force that we kept seeing from the White House with with uh, President Trump, um, and they the, the week before Holy Week. That's when, if you recall, they were saying it's going to be bad. It's going to be so bad. It's going to be our Pearl Harbor, you know. And it's it just get ready, you know. And that was going into Holy Week. Well, you know what happened? All the curves flattened during Holy Week. Yeah. It didn't come as they predicted. But praise God, the power of Holy Week, right? Amen. Uh, and, and then it was after Holy Week. That's when uh, President Trump, for sure, started talking about, okay, let's start talking about opening up the economy, okay? So here's the pass that I give our bishops. We, don't, we did not know what this virus is all about. Uh, you know, people can be suspicious all they want, but, you know, God love them. They've got to they've gotta be careful and and you know not guess wrong on this thing and so they they we we've complied uh but i do believe joe that after holy week everything started to change and it went from uh being super safe you know i really pitch in you know, all this stuff to this became very political very and, political uh, Yep, and 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 it got more political as each week went on. That's why too. So Holy Week was mid-April uh, by May first, and if you recall, that's when the bishops consecrated um, United States and Canada to Mary, Mother of the Church, which, by the way, today is her feast day. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and uh, and that was the day I said, uh, you know, this is political now. I'm going up to our state capitol. I'm taking my rosary, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get on that soil, and I'm gonna reclaim surrendered ground. Mm. And um, and I started out by myself. Then I had a, a, a family or two. And but but it, after we got this news Thursday, um, Thursday late Thursday evening, it came out to, to the, everyone 10:30 at night. I think it was um, by Friday morning, we had over 200 people. Uh, out in front of the state capitol, processing an, a statue of Our Lady of Fatima. These were just beautiful, devout families, 
And again, we were on that soil to reclaim it back to the Lord. Praise Jesus. Then it was on Saturday we saw all the riots uh, that, that came. And, but I saw, you know, it, I felt like, you know, you, you see those images of minions rising from hell, you know. Mm. Uh, they, were, they were coming up to the Capitol, but not all the way to it, okay? And I just, I, I just feel like something happened there. But, but, Joe, this is what I'm asking people. You said, what can we do? What can we do? And I always tell people, you know, uh, people will dismiss themselves or disqualify themselves because, oh, I'm not a great orator. Uh, I don't have a Ph.D. in theology, so let them do it. No. Everybody can grab their rosary, Amen. okay, and get on this ground and reclaim it back to the Lord. And that's what I'm asking people to do. Let's process with our rosary. Let's process and if possible, let's process with our Eucharistic Lord. Amen. But 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 let's get out on that ground and take it back. You know, the, I, I kept looking at these rioters and looters, and I wasn't as much mad as I was sad. You know, you could just tell that that they. I, I said it was apparent they didn't have parents, or they had parents in name only. Mm. But but these poor people are being raised. It, it, to live a low life, you know, I, I, I pointed to reality TV. I, I, I despise reality TV because you know, think of the name. Hey, this is reality. You should live like animals, like savages, because that's reality. Hmm. Um, and, hmm. and I saw the two hundred people up at up at the Capitol, and I said, these are not animals or savages. And, and and they 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 come from quality families and they're trying to be quality families for the for the next generation. We need to work on this. We need to reclaim and we need to help these people who are so disconnected from the divine life that they're left to believe. They're they're told this is propaganda. This is indoctrination. You know, be useful idiots. Just sit over there and and uh, and and be savages. You know, Amen. and here we're going to pump you full of reality TV. Yeah, you know, to, to, and, and tell you that you're just mere savages. So so we need to. It begins with prayer, Joe. We're talking with Father Richard Heilman of St. Mary's in Pine Bluff, Wisconsin, about uh, what was going on in Wisconsin in particular, but about religious persecution in general, and uh, and sort of the mass manipulation uh, that we're seeing now on a grand scale uh, to devastating effects in many cases. I mean, uh, we just we talked and we mentioned about the the bishops in Minnesota having to stand up to the governor to say no, this is not right. We you can't open liquor stores and expect that's going to be completely fine, but we're not allowed to go to mass. I don't think so. That doesn't work. And uh, now the the mayor in Minneapolis has said that he'll give a pass to, to rioters, but go to church and see what happens. And so uh, even in uh, Maryland, there was uh, a case where Maryland County said they would ban communion. Uh, thankfully, I think a couple of days ago, on May 28th, they, they re- released that restriction, so praise Jesus for that. But if, it, if the faithful don't stand up, then you know we're never going to uh, get our rights, let alone the, the access to the sacramental grace that we need in order to uh, realize our potential to become saints in heaven for eternity. I mean, just think about the difficulty of living every single day without the access to the to the sacraments. I mean, this is a this is a life or death battle. And Father, this is part of what I really want to bring out for our listeners and for those who are watching us on social media right now. The, the 
the necessity to not just sit by and watch and let someone else do the work or someone else to fix this problem, but for us to take an action. Uh, maybe you can speak to that. What is our role as lay folk in all of this? Yeah, so we got to be, listen, uh, yesterday was Pentecost, right? That was the day the church went public, okay? They got out of their, their upper room, they were huddled there for fear of the Jews, right? Were frightened. And, and, and this is the other thing I give the bishops and, and us priests a little bit of a pass on. These are, are some of the most aggressively evil times in the history of civilization. Why? Because of instant information, mm. instant uh, propaganda. It's right there in your phone. It's right there in your computer. It's right there in your tele- television. No other time has been like this. And so they're, they're massaging the message, you know, their, their, their narrative, their talking points. You know, uh, my body, my choice. You know, all, all kinds of things yeah. that are indoctrinating our people. It's hard. And, and, and then what do they do, too? They instill in those people those, those narratives, those talking points. And then if you dare come against those narratives or those talking points, they aggressively attack back. This is a, this is a different time. I, like I said, this might be the most aggressively evil time that we've ever been in. And, and again, what can people do? We need, the, the church went public yesterday. We need to go public. We need to be out and seen, not looting and, and terrorizing the city, but we need to be out there uh, and, and, and let our light shine. Uh, you know, Martin Luther King is a great quote. He says, uh, darkness does not defeat darkness, only light does does that uh hate does not defeat hate only love does that you know and and here's a guy too who would be appalled at what's going on in our streets right now we need to be the answer to the problem we need to be a light in the darkness we need to get out there and be seen but we need to be seen as a glorious light of christ and a glorious light of love Bring that Holy Spirit out into the market square. Let's pray with belief, belief that the power of God can overcome this. Listen, I've been we've been praying a a, a, a Pentecost novena leading up to Pentecost. We've been praying in a special way for our priests and bishops, and I've been using the image of John the Beloved to say, "Look at he stayed with Jesus all the way to the cross. You know, he was unafraid." Okay, we need more of that. We, when, when, when evil rises up, we need to stick with our Lord, right? Mm. But I use an image. There's a, uh, a classic image of John the Beloved blessing a cup, a chalice, and, what, and what's coming out of it is snakes. Well, what is that? They tried to poison him. See, that's what we are. We're a threat. That's why we're being persecuted. We're a threat. They have the agenda of wanting to make us mere animals, okay, and live like savages, you know, the, the, the great um, commandment in the Satanic Bible is, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Do whatever mm-hmm. you want. Just do it. Okay? We want to live like savages. They want to live like savages, and we threaten that. Okay? So, John the Beloved blesses what? With the power of God. Amen. That chalice and the snakes flee. With man it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. We have to move out. This is going public. 
Pentecost happened. We're going public. We have to move out under the power of God. Father Heilman, this is Teresa. Um, I wanted to just um, chime in here and say, I think the, one of the biggest things that's different between your beautiful rosary procession with 200 people and the writing is the sense of this peace, this understanding peace. that that it's not might makes right. We're not in a relative situation where truth can change based on who's in charge. And right. versus the, the people that we were seeing writing, it's almost as though they think, well, we're, they have given up on the justice system. They've given up on the sense they're like, these police officers are attacking unjustly, which in this case, that one particular one was, and there were people right. that were there that should have intervened and should have. So they have given up on the justice system, so they're trying to take justice into their own hands, and do they're we, acting they violently. Ju- yeah, do they want us to judge all people of color by one or two instances of bad actors? Right. That's, they're doing exactly the same thing they don't want us to do. Right. And so for us, as we're taking action, we need to make sure that, you know, it's so important for us to have those rational conversations, but to understand right. that these people are coming from a situation where they don't believe the justice system will hold. And so we, we understand as Catholics that there is a higher, there is God. He, it's not just a higher power. It is a loving God who, who exactly. is truth itself. And so we have the ability to see clearly this this creation of this world that's beautiful and the structure of human nature so that we can build a better society based on that versus just thinking well who's going to be in charge today because i mean like if we have someone let's say that you know and i've heard people argue well so what you want a priest that's to be president like that's what you want so that way you Uh, achieve this theology (laughs) so you have this person that's in power who has these rules because it'll be their rules and i'm like well that's why you have i I want a saint no i want a saint well that's why you have the church why you and it's why it's structured separately yeah. from from the right. government because you have this spiritual power that's beyond yeah. this world yeah i mean i i'm i've said this so many times even about police officers and uh, you know i'm thinking of my really good friend who's a, a houston police officer and he and i've had some mm-hmm. incredible and conversations uh he's such an inspirational catholic mm-hmm. he blows me away and i've said i i think it's a vocation you have to be called to it. Right. Not just anybody should be given a badge and a gun and told to go right. out there. But right. those that are called to the vocation of policing society, of serving and protecting society. And think of the, uh, how many officers are out there doing a good job, putting their life on the line, mm-hmm. doing what they can to serve and protect society because they feel like it's a calling versus those that would uh, use it selfishly or, or carelessly or callously or or politically, or however else, you know, we can't burn the thing down for the sake of those that would that would attempt to use it in those ways. We have to do the right thing for the right reasons. And as Catholics, oh, this is one of the points I want to make. But we have about five minutes left in our on our radio program, and then we'll go into the after show. We're talking to Father Richard Howman, pastor of St. Mary's in Pine Bluff, Wisconsin, and uh, he leads this incredible effort, uh, the Rosary Walk. You can find it at RosaryWalk.com, but you know, uh, we it starts today. By the way, I feel I, I call I called on us to start rosary walking today. Rosarywalk.com is the website. But uh, yeah. to, to bring up a last point before we sign off the radio component of our show today, uh, I, I've always felt, even the beginning of the pandemic, that we're looking at this from a worldly perspective. Mm-hmm. We are. It's like the same reason why I am a snob when it comes to movies that depict Our Lady, and I was critiquing The Chosen this uh, beginning of the show. Uh, Our Lady was without concupiscence. She did not experience uh, anxiety and fear in the same way that we do. And 
And uh, she didn't see the world through a worldly perspective. She saw the world through the faith and through the eyes of God. And even though her son might have been lost, she knew that the Lord would work this out somehow, some way. Even though her son died on a cross in a terrible and tragic way, she knew that the Lord would work this out and it would be powerful and it was necessary for the salvation of souls. And I feel like, uh, like St. Paul says, we are not contending with flesh and blood, but with the powers and the principalities. And I feel like the sacraments and the faith is the secret weapon Our Lady has asked of us. Absolutely. At Fatima, at La Salette, Lourdes, Akita, you name it. And she is asking us to, to be strong in the faith and ignore the, the flesh and the blood of the world. Um, and yet do so out of love for the world. And I give that to you to comment on before we wrap up. Yeah, so the first reading this morning was, um, you know, the snake um, tempting uh, Eve and then and then Eve to Adam. And, but what did they do? They went backwards. Adam blamed Eve. Eve blamed the snake, right? But the point is, is that evil came into the world through the first Eve, and God has chosen Our Lady to draw the snake out, okay? And that's where we're at. I find it interesting, too, in the readings that we had for Pentecost, he broke through into that room, right? And he he first said, peace be with you. Mm. And then he said it again. And then he breathed on them. We're called to be disciples of peace. Mm-hmm. We're, 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 and, and we bring that through the power of God. And Our Lady is meant to lead the charge, okay? And and so this this is the times that we're living in. This is the hand we've been dealt. This is under our watch. What are we going to do about it? Okay. Uh, and and yes, let's bring some signs out into the public squares, but let's hold up our rosary with belief in the power of God and let Our Lady crush the head of the serpent. I wanted to ask you, maybe we'll hold this question off for the after show as the, as the radio side of our program will end here in just a few minutes, uh, how you felt about uh, President Trump sort of trying to force the governors to relax their restrictions on on church and going to Holy Mass. And then the story that came out over the weekend about uh, Chief Justice Roberts mm-hmm. siding with the governors to restrict people's First Amendment to go. In fact, he says uh, in his, uh, he says, uh, restriction allowing churches to open at 25% of their capacity with no more than 100 worshipers at a time appear consistent, his words, with the First Amendment. I don't know how he comes to that conclusion. Uh, but uh, I wanted you to comment on that. Maybe we'll have to hold over to the after show been, and on that, because yeah. we're about to run I've out of time. Disa- All right. I've been disappointed with Roberts. I think he's been smitten by a lust for uh, the approval of the ruling class. And as far as President Trump, the new science is coming in. Let's. We need prayer more than anything and let's get the folks together and let's pray. Okay, so as we run out of uh, the radio side of our program, I want to let you know that we hang out on Facebook, Twitter, and on YouTube for about another half hour. We call it the After Show. And you are, if you're hanging out with us on social media, we would love to have you stay on. We continued our conversation uh, talking about uh, all the points we brought up in the program. But for the sake of our radio audience, thanks for hanging out with us today. We're about to close out on the uh, GRN Alive Monday show. GRN Alive uh, Live Friday is hosted by Dave Palmer. I encourage you to tune into that. But Father Heilman, uh, what do you encourage our listeners to do as we have about 60 seconds left in the program? 
Yeah, you might not be a great orator. You might not have a Ph.D. in theology. Just grab your rosary, get out in the sun. Vitamin D is going to uh, lift up your immune system. You know, get out in the sun, walk the land, and take it back for God, okay? And let God heal the land. You know, that's uh, 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. Go look at it. Uh, if we call out to him and we're, we're uh, sorry for our sins, God will hear us and he will heal the land. And so please, just, just, just do that. Just do that. We need warriors all over this, nation's, uh, this nation to get out on the soil and take it back for the Lord. And if you can make a rosary walk today, that would be amazing. And there are several uh, within the uh, Guadalupe Radio Network listening area in Texas and in Alabama, even up in uh, not that far from Washington, D.C., just down the road. Okay, maybe it's an hour and a half, but it's not that far. Uh, nice little uh, drive today and be a part of a rosary walk. That would be an amazing thing. So wherever you're listening from, I know there were some folks tuning in from Oklahoma and Wisconsin today, go to rosarywalk.com and check that out. See if you can't be a part of an incredible opportunity to leverage the power of faith for bringing peace to the world. The one thing Our Lady asked of those three shepherd children in 1917 was not to build nuclear weapons and tanks and the rest. It was to pray and to do acts of great penance. So with that, Father Heilman, would you give us your priest blessing for our radio audience as we begin yes. to sign off. We ask you, the loving Father, to pour out a fresh and new power of the Holy Spirit on everyone listening and on our land. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Praise be to Jesus Christ, Father Heilman there from Wisconsin. Thank you for being on with us today. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. I'm going to ask you, if you can, hang out with us uh, for the after show, which will start here in about 30 seconds or 45 seconds or so, uh, on Facebook, YouTube, and on Twitter. You can find us by just searching for at GRN Online. We're live every Monday and Friday across the Guadalupe Radio Network for GRN Alive. I host the Monday part. Dave Palmer hosts the Friday part. It's been great to hang out with my colleagues today. Teresa Kamar from HoustonCoalition.com. Thank you. It's been great. Thank you. Tim Mott for reading the news and helping to run the social media. David Magianas for producing the show. And thank you for being a part of the incredible Guadalupe Radio Network audience this morning. Let us get on our knees and let's pray. Let's ask St. Justin the Martyr and the Queen of Heaven and Earth to bring peace to this troubled world of ours for the salvation of souls and the glory of God. Amen? We'll see you in the after show. Don't go anywhere. Thank you for listening to GRN Alive. From the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network. For more faith, fun, and facts, join our email list. Just text the letters GRN to the number 42828. That's GRN to the number 42828. Did you know that 97% of families take home a bulletin once a week? 70% of families consciously look at the ad page of the bulletin. 68% of families are more inclined to use a business that advertises in the bulletin. J.S. Pollock bulletins reach 226,000 families every week in Galveston, Houston. Some of those families would like to use your business. To learn more, you can call J.S. Pollock at 281-506-3261, 281-506-3261. Blessed be God, blessed be His holy name. 
Blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be his most sacred heart. Blessed be his most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary Most Holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. Amen.